1: emergency podcast what a lame opener this is jake Storyelli talking knicks it's friday december 6th and david fisdale is no longer the head coach of the new york knicks we're not sure why we're we're gonna dive in the teams look good this year no uh time times are bad this was inevitable we've known this we've known this in the back of our heads for It's the day he was hired, let's be honest Um, no, that's not true, Katie, Kyrie, Zion Anyways, I am joined by Tom Piccolo, the BBD, Big Baby David We're gonna let it all hang out and figure out what went wrong Maybe intro, I don't know Hey guys Uh How is everyone? I don't know. I I don't know. Do we want to do introductions? Do we want to say how we're doing? Dave, you you look delightful right now. You've got a delicious purple shirt on. How are you doing?
0: Uh, you know, head coach got fired. Yeah. Uh, other than that, good. Took a somewhat of a half day Friday, so that's that's always kind of nice okay then we got that the Friday was a nice... news dump
1: that was that was a nice little plot twist yeah the old uh coach the team at practice and then get fired afterwards you see that a lot uh tommy piccolo tommy P, T P T, nasty turducken
2: tommy pickles tom what's up what's up dude <laughs> hi guys uh, I'm I'm doing well over here actually, and I think I'm more excited than BBD is. I think that this is actually a step in the right direction. It, I don't think it necessarily solves anything, but in the short term, I was pretty sick of watching this specific Knicks team play basketball. So anything to shake this up, I am in favor of. Um, so so I don't know, BBD, you sounded a little down about it, like like it was a negative thing. But, no, uh,
0: that 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 is what it sounded like, but. No, not necessarily what I meant. I'm excited because it's something, but like you kind of alluded to, I mean, it doesn't change a whole lot. All the de- real decision makers, as far as roster construction, are still there. So, I'm I'm no more optimistic for the future than I was two hours ago. You know.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess that's a good way to put it, and uh, and a good reason to be down.
1: Yeah, and I mean, in, in classic Knicks fashion, I'm I'm already on Mike Miller's Wikipedia page, telling myself about how good of an assistant coach he was on the Austin Toros in 2013. So we're uh, I I think we're gonna end up talking about Mike Miller a litter, a litter a little later in the podcast, but we have to start with the end of an era, the Fizdale era. Uh, take that for data. Uh, the players coach that we got to recruit free agents, and those, well, free agents came, not the guys we speculated. And here we are, at De- December 6th, he gets the axe. Um, again, like once, things were pretty jarring when we saw that Sunday press conference, whatever it was, four Sundays ago, three Sundays ago, when Mills and Perrys took, took the mic after the game. But he's fired, and Tom, I, I'll go back to you because you, you're shining things in a positive light early to start. I mean, this was inevitable, and uh,
2: might as well just cut and run, or, or what? I mean, we've all watched enough Knicks basketball over the last season and a quarter to know that like th- this team not only didn't have an identity but it wasn't even like marching towards an identity you look at their offense they ranked dead last in scoring last year they ranked dead last this year despite like a completely new roster with i mean with a supposedly improved roster right with with veterans who who we expected to come in and and bring some shape to this offense but I don't know, it, it's just there was always such a large disconnect between the things Fisdale would say and the things that would happen on the court. Fisdale would say, we want to push the pace. But Knicks are they're the, towards the bottom in the league in pace. Like, they are 29th in the league in transition plays off rebounds. They don't get out and run ever. Um, you know, they, they say that they're going to, I don't know, like, defensively have some kind of identity, but they switch that up. <laughs> like they're they pick and roll coverage, sometimes they're trapping, sometimes they're switching everything. They it's just there there's never any consistency and we don't know what to expect week to week. The only thing we really can expect is is losing. So, I'm uh I I am in favor of this as a short-term fix, but I think the theme of this is going to be kind of what does it mean long-term and that's a that's a whole different story. BBD,
1: how are uh, I know we did this a little bit in intros, but this was inevitable. I mean, does the timing feel weird? Are are we okay with the timing? Or I, I mean, it sounds like you have you're coming from the perspective that I feel a lot of Knicks fans have is that like Fisdale wasn't the problem. He also wasn't the answer. But like this, it in almost an optimistic way, this should be like the tip of the iceberg of
0: what needs to happen. Yeah, I mean if we'll see what happens the rest of this year and the beginning of the off season and see if more changes are made to, to get the team going in the right direction. Um, the timing in general, I, I guess is fine. Uh, you know, back to back 40 point losses or whatever the number is. Um, I, I couldn't believe he had lasted as long as he did after that press conference a few weeks ago. And then the play got demonstrably worse. um, you know, early in the season, I was saying that the Knicks were bad, but it wasn't necessarily Fizdale's fault, and at least like the young guys look to improve. But then like the back half of what we've seen this season has been not much imp- more improvement from there, um, and in some cases the other way. Um, so yeah, I, I, it just cut it, move on, see if one of these G League guys or assistant coaches uh see if we like them and if not hire a real guy in the summer.
1: Yeah, and uh, I I don't want to I, I don't want to swirl around too much cuz there's, you know, there there's a topic here. David Fizdale got fired. Um and I I don't want to bring it to the front office yet because we we still have more to cover with fizz but uh the Knicks are in the middle of an eight-game losing streak. And, guys, I'm going to read the teams off to you, and uh, we, we've been doing this a little bit on the regular episodes. Philadelphia, San Antonio, Brooklyn, Toronto, Philly, Boston, Milwaukee, Denver. And it it brings me to, I guess, I don't know if it's the talking point, but uh, what do we think was going to happen? Like, the Knicks are Easily overmatched by all of Those teams it's not even like there's a charlotte In there who by the way beat us at the Garden or one of the lesser NBA teams so uh, It where Should people be with Fizdale? because i Think that's the current online argument Tommy is that like People don't know like This roster is bad the front office Is bad Uh, Where where are you currently Drawing your line because you are also Right in saying that I mean, what he was saying wasn't getting to the players at all. And, I mean, we started hitting the point in the past couple games where, I mean, there's no effort levels. There's, <laughs> there's nothing. Um, so I don't know if you want to put percentages on things or just how, what your scope is.
2: Well, Jake, you read off those teams, and obviously a lot of those are, are good quality teams that the Knicks are underdogs. Uh, in those games, but I, I think it does have less to do with the record. I mean, the record is bad. There were certainly winnable games earlier in the season that the Knicks failed to capitalize on, and now we're in the in the stretch of this of this more difficult part of the schedule. But it, it really does have less to do with wins and losses, and and more to do, in my eyes, is just the the, the on-court product and the effort level, and and just kind of like I know. Jonathan Macri at Nick's film school talks a lot about just letting go of the rope. Like uh, so much about this team had been priding itself early on as being just like tough and, and like dogs and, and I don't know, like workers. And then the encore product we're getting is just, it's been a lot of laziness, a lot of just, I don't know, just the wrong attitude, right? There's nothing about the team sort of indicated that they had confidence in each other, that they trusted each other. And a lot of that, I think, has to do with coaching. Like the co- It's the coach's job to put the players in position to to be as successful as possible. And I don't think there's any way you can look at this roster as flawed as it is and say, th- this is as successful as it could possibly be. Like Fisdale isn't using lineups that maximize his players' strengths. Like We've talked about this on other podcasts uh, early in the season, but it, it hasn't changed, right? Like You're still rolling out lineups with like Mitch and Randall and, and just like way too many non shooting players. And there's just no way that you're going to be able to capitalize on players' strengths. And I think that's why we're seeing some lagging development. Why, why Mitch has been a little disappointing so far this season. Why? I mean, I mean, Frank has made some strides, but like that I, I have a really hard time giving Fizdale credit for that given, uh, how the beginning of the season went and how he wasn't even willing to start Frank until DSJ had his, um, his family issues and Elford Payton got hurt so uh, he started Alonzo Trier at point guard <laughs> before he started Frank so I, I just think that there were enough red flags that Fisdale A wasn't getting through to the to the team in terms of their effort level and playing hard and B just he didn't know how to capitalize on his team's strengths and minimize their weaknesses and I think for that I'm I'm comfortable moving on like I had seen enough at that point to know that we, we, it's worth giving someone else a, a chance at this point
0: Yeah, Tom, you said it really well there. You know, this team, they came in with, you know, we we knew they wouldn't be title contenders, of course, um, and probably wouldn't even be a playoff team. But when they come in with the attitude that they're going to be this hardworking crew, and you look at the names on this list, and we talked about, you know, in the most recent episode, which guys, pretty much everyone on this team has value to teams that are trying to win. So these guys are good enough to contribute. But, I mean, you watch any, you know, 15-minute stretch of a game that wasn't against the Dallas Mavericks this season, and and the effort has not been there, the fight's not been there, the rotations are weird. They underperformed even with, like, a 30-win ceiling at the beginning of the year.
1: And I think the word that, that came up for me during this, and I, I think this is a word I've been looking for throughout this season for the Knicks, and, again, whenever you do one of these, you could link it back to 20 years of Knicks basketball too, but identity. Um, and I, I think that's something that, Tom, I've bounced off you a few times, is like, you know, why don't we throw a bunch of shooters out there for a five-minute lineup every game and see what happens? Why don't we try our all our def- defensive guys out there for a little bit? Um, and this team has zero identity. It's not like, oh, we're playing the Knicks tonight. Like, they're going to be setting screens. These guys don't set any screens um, for all the dog talk we talked in the offseason. I mean, it's, I, I feel like if you come in and you play the Knicks, it's, the game plan just says LOL Knicks. It's not like, oh, we're going to have to guard the three. Oh, we got to get back in transition. Like, this team has no identity, and you're right. I, I don't think that comes to the front office at all. That's on the coach to tell these guys to do something and play a certain way. Do anything.
2: I mean, they're just, there are a lot of stats that you look at, and you're just like, I mean, this team doesn't get it. I mean, defensively, they would completely fallen apart the last few weeks, but but all, all season offensively, it's been just a slog. Like, we watch these games. We've seen enough of the possessions end in Randall isos where he's just like bullying his way to uh into four people and turning it over like it, it's about identity but it's also about like accountability right like these these guys even no matter how much they're being paid they have to be held accountable and that's like one thing that people always look to popovich at right like whenever tony parker or manu ginobili or even tim duncan messed up he would he would really get on them about that he would bench them and, and he would make it a point that these guys get the same treatment as everyone else and you just don't really you you didn't really see that when randall was playing the way he did when randall got selfish and and sort of started playing within himself like he was he was demonstrably worse than when he was like passing and getting others involved and and Fizdale just kind of empowered him to do it so i don't know like i'm just looking through some different stats here and i'm I'm seeing the knicks are dead last in the league in plays finished off cuts and that can't be good like Julius Randle last year was one of the best players in the league at finishing off cuts. Like, he's a guy who knows how to cut. But this year, for whatever reason, he's simply not doing it. it, Well, that reason is the Knicks offense doesn't cut. There is no off-ball movement, and there's no uh, emphasis to look for those guys who do cut off-ball. I'm not kidding. Like, every time I see a Knicks player finish off of a cut, I clip it and post it to Twitter because it's like it's like a holiday. Just, like, I don't know. It's like <laughs> seeing a shooting star. It, it happens so rarely, and that just – it's not how it should be. Like, cuts are a part of basketball. <laughs> it's a part of a healthy offensive system, and that's just something that the Knicks haven't had for under Fisdale's tenure. <sighs> the
0: team's bad. <laughs> oh, and no, I, and I guess – and I should –
2: I should also say that, like, it's not like I'm expecting Fizdale to be gone right. and, like, it all to change overnight by any means. That's It's not going to happen. Like, uh, you know, the next game, it's not like the Knicks are going to be, like, cutting and whirring around on offense. It's just uh, – I don't know, guys. I, I, that, and that's a good question that we should probably get to is, like, wh- what do we hope to see out of the, this interim head coach? Like, what will be markers for success – that we haven't seen under Fisdale that we hope to see under this interim head coach. Otherwise, why do this move at all?
1: Well, I mean, I, I want my interim coach to have the same name as a former NBA player. So when people direct their angry tweets at him, they can be misled towards the other Mike Miller. So we've checked <laughs> that box. Um, Check. No, I I, I think that's, that's an interesting question, Tom, because this hasn't been discussed yet, and this is going to put... Mills and Perry who I just I felt Stephen A actually Come through my body for a second and be Like Mills and Perry we're gonna Talk about them in a second okay We're gonna talk about them in a second But Fizdale Um, And the coaching is I mean Like Tom that's actually a great Point and you know I hate your dumb numbers And your stats because they're always right But I mean think about what You just said that Julius Randle was Really good at cutting last year for The Pelicans or finishing Finishing off cuts David Fisdale the day he was hired was because he was a players coach And he was gonna bring in the big boys he was gonna bring in Katie and Kyrie and the Knicks were gonna be off and running Guess what we didn't get them Um, If you want to blame Fisdale if you want to blame Dolan I I feel like this all ends up with Dolan anyways but I think that's what's interesting because Julius Randle last year was a nice ball player. <laughs> like, yeah, he was he was kind of option one and a half, I'd say, a lot of the nights. It was him and Drew Holiday. If Anthony Davis was playing, he was option two and a half. Um, and, and, you know, this year he's kind of the guy that teams were game planning on or ho- however you want to label it. But when you hear a stat like that, it is one of those, like, you do have to take a step back and say, all right, I know our front office isn't great. Um, we'll do the Perry Mills thing in a little bit. But we did bring in like a lot of, I don't want to, s- <laughs> I was just about to say, I don't want to say respected, but a lot of guys that could be a nice seventh or eighth man on an NBA team. I mean, the Bobby Portis, Ellington. I mean, what? Wayne Ellington doesn't look like a basketball player anymore. <laughs> And he was a guy that I know you were excited about, Tom. I know this podcast got excited about, like, hey, he's going to, you know, he. if we kick it out to him for a corner three, he's going to hit it. A, I mean, he's, he's not doing that. But uh, there are so many questions with the coaching, and I guess to go back to your original question uh, before I pass out because I, I did go into my Stephen A voice and I just had a little pre-workout, is I need to see anything. I, I, I guess I'll go back to an identity um, that, like that's what I'm looking for Like are we going to shoot a lot of threes Are we, are we going to do something Or it's a, give me an identity That I know when I watch Knicks basketball We're going to shoot a lot of threes And if we make them we might have a chance Or give the Knicks the identity That we're going to play physical And we're going to set screens um, Or like unlock one of these young guys Or unlock anyone Unlock anyone And make them look like they're good at basketball
2: Right, Jake. Like, your identity would ideally be formed around the players that you're most trying to develop when you're a young and, and developing team. And, like, I'll, I'll keep going back to the stats because they're just so damning for Fisdale, but the last two years the Knicks have been towards the very bottom of the league in finishing plays off pick and rolls, hitting the roll man, right? And, and the first play, one of the first players you think of on the Knicks, especially over the last, you know, two seasons – that the Knicks want to develop is Mitchell Robinson, who is one of the biggest threats as a role man in the league. Like that should be a focus running more high pick and roll, spreading the floor with some shooters. Right. But you look at the, at the lineups that are being trotted out there and Mitchell Robinson is often being surrounded by, you know, the Knicks second unit. Right. So it's, it's guys like, I mean, you have some shooters like Knox and sometimes you'll have Portis in there, but it's a lot of times, like, guys who who straight up just can't shoot the ball and who aren't willing to shoot the ball. So, it's – I mean, Randall and Mitch lineups – I saw Zach Lowe actually wrote about this in his 10 Things column today. Anytime uh, Randall and Mitch have shared the floor together, it's just been a train wreck on offense. And that's not surprising. Like, they, they both do the same thing, which is finish plays off pick and rolls as roll men. And, like I said – the Knicks team doesn't do that compared to other teams. Um, I don't know, man. Like, like I said, you you should be developing your identity around your player's strengths. What's Frank Ntilikina good at? He's a good pick and roll ball handler. He does. He's not flashy, but like he may, he usually makes the right play. He's competent out of pick and roll. Mitchell Robinson is a elite pick and roll finisher. Try try those two with shooters around them, but it just it just doesn't happen. <laughs> And not only that, but Frank and Mitch are your two best defenders at the at the point of attack and then at the rim. But, like this has been pointed out on Twitter a bunch of times, the Knicks scheme lately has been to switch everything. They switch every screen, even when it's not necessary. Like, they switch everything. So Frank, even though he's by far your best point of attack defender, is immediately getting switched off onto a big. And now you're get, having a big try and defend the perimeter it just it doesn't make any sense given the personnel that the Knicks have so i that's the first thing i want to see it's just that this interim that mike miller or whoever the interim head coach is going to be though it's likely be going to be mike miller to just it was just have announced their that schemes, it's mike miller it was just announced
0: yeah sham's just tweeted it
2: so just hopefully mike miller just puts in schemes that just help the players play to their strengths cuz re- at this point like fisdale just simply wasn't doing it
1: And I know we've been hogging it from you BBD But yeah like I've I've never been a basketball Coach but Tom even when you say those Things I say okay we're last in The league at you know the pick and roll Getting it to the roll man at the basket we have Mitchell Robinson let's focus on That let's really work at that one game And you know what if teams really Focus on shutting it out let's have a a backup plan where if someone's helping on Mitchell Robinson, let's kick it out to three. Like that sounds like a good offensive practice to me. And I don't, we've never jumped on the mic and been like, do you remember that Orlando magic game where the Knicks actually tried that? We've never had that. Um, So big baby, David, talk about something basketball, Mike Miller, anything you want to be honest.
0: Yeah. The Knicks definitely don't seem to like doing things the way any other team has done it this year. Uh, I guess circling back a little bit, uh, like, just show me consistent effort and, like, I'll be happy because we haven't gotten that. Uh, Another one, like, I don't know, show me Julius Randle, like, knows what a basketball is and, (laughs) like, how to use it in a good way. Because, I mean, this is a guy who the last, you know, every year – looking at you know every every metric he's gotten substantially better each year of his NBA career and you know further removed from injuries all that and this year he's possibly the worst starter in the NBA if if and at least he's like the worst value per single season salary you will find his contract isn't that awful a situation because uh, it's only 2 years and the team options all that whatever and it's not a max but, I mean, the fact that he has just been so bad after being so good elsewhere and improving so much elsewhere, uh, that uh, I can't help but blame Fisdale for that one. The front office, I don't blame them for thinking they for tricking themselves into thinking he'd be good, even though he's not KD, Kyrie. We're not one, two, three playing with the big boys. It's Julius Randle who is supposed to be good and you know, okay at handling the ball and not turning the ball over
2: every time he touches it. And, and I, I will say, like, a lot of that is Randall being put into situations for failure or success. I don't want to absolve him entirely because I've posted plenty of clips of him just not giving the, the right effort. Right. And so, like, he's certainly culpable. But at the same time, I, like, even in this uh, this Denver game last night, I posted a clip of the Knicks running an ATO after a timeout, and that's that's usually where like coaches kind of like to show off their their plays, right? Like they they, they try and draw up something. They'll get them a nice play out of a timeout. They know that ATOs are measured and like kind of used as a way to, to distinguish coaches. So they ran a, a pretty nice play actually on paper. Like they they. Got R.J. Barrett the ball off a of pin down. He ran a, a Spain pick and roll, which if you don't know what it is, you could, you could take a look at my feed. But like it got Julius Randle a wide open shot. But the problem was, it was a it was a wide open catch and shoot three. Julius Randle is shooting in what like the 20s from three this year. Like that, it doesn't make sense given the personnel. If that were Kevin Knox on the floor and you're running a play to try and get Kevin Knox an open three, that's great. It just the, the play call didn't match the talent on the floor and their strengths. So like you're pretty much putting Randall in a position to fail. If you're asking him to shoot a catch and shoot three, um, again, it's not all on Fizdale, but like there just has to be some kind of, uh, some rationale, some common sense applied to, to these plays. And, and ATOs are just one example of that.
1: Yeah. And I, I think, uh, to tie things off on the coaching a little bit, because I mean we could, <laughs> we could do this all day between, <laughs> what did the players get wrong? What did the front office get on? And what did the coaches get wrong? And maybe that will be an upcoming episode. Uh, we'll we'll shy away from that for now. But I think we, um, you know, Fizdale, I don't know. Like he's his his career winning percentage as an NBA coach is now three sixty six. It wasn't like he was really a proven commodity as a head coach he was he he was gone after 19 games his second season with Memphis after they were the seven seed with with that kind of the grinding Memphis Grizzlies that already had their full identity and they everything they did in a bunch of veterans um so I mean that that's it for Fizdale and I think I'll bring us to the topic that Tom brought up is like what what do we want to see um from our new interim head coach who as as bbd said is mike miller not the former nba player mike miller the former east texas state baller mike miller um he's been the Knicks g league coach for a little bit um and then he's been an assistant this year uh he was the g league coach of the league in 2017 2018 so hey we've got hope fellas um And I don't know. I I know there was some really good quotes about him from some former players. The dude has put in his time. He's been an NBA coach – or, excuse me, he's been a basketball coach for the last 30 years. Um, So I don't know, guys. I mean, this is where I start to get nervous because it it becomes this kind of Knicks um, Stockholm syndrome where it's like, oh, okay, Mike Miller. Yeah, he was the G League coach of the league. But at the same time, um, I don't know. I had this weird (laughs) – Optimism's the wrong word. But I think we can clearly say, we can definitively say as New York Knicks fans that the flashy head coach ain't gonna work. <laughs> like don't don't be tweeting at me about Mark Jackson. Don't say bring back Van Gundy. I'd rather take a shot on someone like Mike Miller who, again, people are probably going to tweet at the wrong guy when they're angry, but I don't know. He won G League Coach of the Year. Let him rip for a little bit, and, again, the things I'm looking for will be does he give a team some identity, or can he help unlock some of these young players that we've been begging to have unlocked? Um, so that's a rant that I don't know if that leads to a question or an answer for, for either of you guys, but
2: you're welcome to it. Ah. <sighs> uh uh, the thing is like i i just don't have i don't want to sit here and say like this season is already a waste but it kind of is right like i'm not gonna expect this team to like turn it around under this interim head coach and i think that the question of who's going to be the full-time head coach that they'll hire next season is going to like kind of hang over the the organization's head all all season so i like it's gonna boil down to effort it's gonna boil down to like i don't know maybe not giving up so many wide open threes in today's mod like having an understanding of like how the game is played today and like not just giving the opposing team's best shooters wide open threes every game because that's what the defense has been doing um I, i don't know guys like Again, I, I'm actually like pretty pessimistic about where the the organization's heading right now. I'm I'm, I'm pretty nervous. Maybe that's not really going out on a limb, given <laughs> what's been happening the last twenty years. But I I, I think that no, I, I mean I, I will say that there's a chance that if if the interim head coach can't even remotely turn things around, that maybe James Dolan's hand will be forced and he'll have to get rid of Mills at least Mills um who's been around long enough that that he doesn't there's no real excuse for him to be a part of this organization anymore but I, I don't know guys
0: <laughs> yeah I, I guess it just feels kind of like a no win scenario as far as us thinking about what the coaching situation is beyond this season cuz i mean what can mike miller do this year that would like tell us oh he should definitely be the coach cuz i don't think this team's capable of all of a sudden winning a bunch of games. And I I guess at this point, I kind of don't want that. Um, But also like he can't do any worse than they've done under Fizdale this year. They couldn't possibly look worse. There's no way to really know that they're worse off with him than they were anyone else. So then do they end up giving him another year to just see what it looks like next year? But then when you do that, well, you definitely got to keep Mills and Perry ranks. If you bring in, a new guy, then he's got to hire his coach, uh, which I guess isn't as big a deal in basketball as it would be in, like, football, but it stands in basketball. Uh, and then all of a sudden, we're letting them do another draft pick, and to be fair, they've not drafted it terribly, in my opinion, but do we want to keep giving them the keys to more and more of the future of this Knicks franchise? So it's just... I don't know. I, I don't believe in Mike Miller any less than I believe in anyone else, but... Uh, I don't really believe in anybody because I've been so conditioned to not believe in, in anything good happening with this Knicks team. So it's really good that we have this podcast.
1: So i, I i've got I've got two two games that I've stumbled into. Let's uh, do it. So, BBD, what what would you rather? This Knicks season continues on the path it's on, and there's no other option to fire. Fisdale, Perry, or we already fired Fisdale. Mills, Perry, bringing a new head coach. Mike Miller, <laughs> turns out he's not the guy and that it's it's everything. Or would you rather that this Knicks team find some semblance of something, Mike Miller makes the Knicks kind of watchable, and at the end of this season we're saying, I, I guess let's roll with these guys. Mike Miller showed some glimmers The the team – the team came
2: to work a little bit. Like, uh, is that a fair question? I, I don't know. Yeah. And I guess it would depend a little on whether, like how that success came about or that relative success, I guess. But like, were the Knicks looking good because their young players were developing or was it because like Wayne Ellington found his shot and like guys on, on one year expiring sort of started clicking a little bit, um, I'm just so much more interested in Frank Knox, Barrett, Mitch. And I'm looking right now, so far this season, that foursome, Frank Knox, Barrett Mitch, has played fifteen minutes total together. That's uh, spread out between eight games. so it's less than two minutes per game in just eight games. like there's there's no excuse for that for a team that's that's trying to Rebuild and develop its young core. They're never playing together. There's no way they're gonna be able to to develop any kind of chemistry together if they're not getting out there and getting reps in games. So, I mean, to answer your question, like as long as the the young core is is starting to develop good habits on both sides of the ball and like playing hard and and just getting the fundamentals down, setting good screens moving without the ball cutting like if, if you want to be a, a team that plays with pace to actually push the ball making your free throws th- all four of these guys have a hard time making free throws like then just make some of you them. know just makes a few of them then you know I, I think that that's the best case scenario kind of regardless of what Mike Miller does is just like as long as as long as he gets this young core to start playing playing together and like you know trending in the right direction then that's that's all i could really ask for and i guess
0: with the like trade window opening up in what a week uh, it's not the worst in the world if some of the vets also start to play better just to build up value and then you know they'll get like a, a whole half year where the veterans we don't care about are in theory traded and, and it's only the young guys who can play um but if but to answer jake's question i i don't know i feel like more losing it, it can't do any more damage to uh whatever development the young guys have had with all you know they've had so much losing already in in their young careers so i don't know I, I wish i could say i'm rooting for them to win and show improvement and and like show me something to make me optimistic moving forward with the guys that are here but i i think i i do kind of rather just shore up another you know top 5 pick whatever uh, and, and like get the decision makers out of here, <laughs> please. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's um, God, it's it's tough. Um, because again, like I I I guess I'm I'm just a little too zoomed in on the coaching stuff right now. Uh, with the fact that I don't know. I I I'm trying to think of head coaches and I. I don't even want us to wander down this wormhole because I don't, I don't know what names are out there slash what names would accept this job. I, I think it's an ugly formula where it's like, maybe that's why I'm really... <laughs> I think that's why I'm rooting uh, for Mike Miller is because if this season goes off the rails again, this job is going to be full-on untouchable. Like You'd have to be almost insane to take this job because it's not going to end well for your resume. Um, I'm like I'm seeing a lot no of
2: uh i'm seeing a lot of Becky Hammond on Twitter, which would be i' be mean, a great story I, and i'd I'd be in favor of it just given what we've seen and heard from her out of san antonio but uh i you know I'm also seeing Meta world peace just through his hat <laughs> in the ring yeah. on twitter so he's he's available it seems let's so get it popping there's a there, there are multiple <laughs> multiple possibilities for this but I'm, I'm with you Jake I mean best case scenario is like the guy in house who's been with the team Mike Miller like that that he's able to to do a good job and like get this team back on track and and like you said just some semblance of, of continuity and identity but I don't know I, and I think I think you're right to be kind of focused on the coaching aspect of this given the the news so I, I'm with you on that and like everything else is just kind of speculation but uh, it seems like we're all on the same page that like that this was the right move at this time. Like, do you guys agree with that? Do you think that that they should have waited? Um, I don't know. Like, how, uh, and actually, here's a question: How many head coaches has Frank Ntilikina had at this point?
0: Well, the number, um, the the stat I've been throwing out, I don't know if it counts as a stat, but the the, the little factoid I've enjoyed throwing out there is: since 2014, the Knicks have had a different head coach for each calendar year. Because Mike Woodson was still the coach then. Derek Fisher for 2015. Technically, Kurt Rambis was the head coach for a little in 2016. 2017 was Hornacek. 2018, Fizdale. 2019, now Mike Miller is in there. Obviously not each one getting a full year. But it's been so much turnover. So, what, Nolkina was the 17 drafts. This is his third head coach.
1: Isn't that stupid? uh, I, uh... I am rooting for Becky Hammond to get an NBA head coaching job. I pray she doesn't – I hope she turns down the Knicks if they offer because I don't want her – I don't want the I first think, woman to be an NBA head coach to have to take over this Knicks team because that's fucked up. I um, think Greg I,
0: Popovich would retire just to give her the Spurs job so she wouldn't <laughs> have to interview yeah. for the Knicks. Just fall on the and sword. It's, like, it's only like, like – half kidding.
1: <laughs> that's that's a 50% joke right there. Um no, I I Tom you are right. Like I <laughs> the front office got their they got it right. They fired him at the perfect time. No, I mean the 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 back-to-back win or back-to-back losses by 30 plus points was the first time that ever happened, right? Um the team is clearly in an abyss and it's uh uh, I guess the question is right now and it's kind of what we've done throughout this episode is it's it's <laughs> how much of the ban- how much of the problem was this you know like is, is this uh is this how many leaks are in the dam right now and this is one bandaid uh because the roster in the front office is still an issue um I mean we we haven't really done Perry and Mills and I I don't know if I have the heart for it um but I mean it just feels like those guys I mean like what am I what am I pretending to tell myself what how am I so insane that I'm like yep this guy Mike Miller's going to come in and write the ship enough that Ste that Perry and Mills keep their jobs no get rid of these guys it's um and maybe maybe it's partially unfair because like Big Baby David mentioned, like the drafting actually hasn't been horrific. But there are quotes that they said this is the team they wanted to assemble. And again, maybe prove me wrong, the new Mike Miller we're being introduced to, not the stud shooter in the NBA for years and now the assistant coach for Memphis next to Penny Hardaway, Stephen A. Smith coming out of me again. I just... Uh, I I don't know. It's it's hard to find hope in this to the point that I'm telling Becky Hammond to please turn down the job. So Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's a highlight of this podcast. <laughs> I gotta say. That that was enjoyable. Um and very big of you too, actually. I was I was impressed that you I, were kind of empathizing I, with Becky Hammond who you've I'm an probably ally. never met.
1: I'm I'm ready for her to get a head coaching gig, but please, like it would be an insult to women around the world if if the Knicks is the only job she gets offered.
0: Um, it would be so rude, just I, so rude to give her that job. No woman I would ever know. get it again. Is there, nah, She is is, there she a, isn't getting blamed for the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> is
1: is there anything else we need? I mean, you know, I I can do the whole. The Knicks aren't going to be right until Dolan's
0: out, but we could do that literally any uh, episode.
1: I mean, what, what else needs to be
0: said, David? Uh, well, Rich Kleiman um, did tweet out a picture of Mark Jackson, uh, no caption. Um, so, so I think I know who he wants. But also, um, who cares this what, is what Rich Kleiman fault.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Tom, Man. closing notes. Oh, guys. I, I don't know. Like, I'll kind of just go back to what we should be looking for each game. Because like, it's gotten really hard to turn on the TV and watch this Knicks team play. It's, it's actually become kind of a chore. It's, they, they haven't been playing a, a fun brand of basketball. They haven't been competitive. And so I guess that's kind of all we need to be watching for going forward is just that, that these guys are competing that they're like trying hard, and that they're executing some kind of cogent game plan that clearly was developed before the game. <laughs> 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 but then, and
0: that doesn't work, we we need to be able to, to have a different plan that's developed in the game as well, because that's the other oh, issue. Is in, sometimes they come out and do well, but then uh, the other team figures out what the Knicks were doing well, so then the Knicks just don't change anything and keep doing that. And get confused when it started going bad.
2: In-game adjustments are uh, a luxury at this point. Yeah, I, yeah I let's, just, uh, <laughs> let's. I, I, let's not I shouldn't get ask. I shouldn't ask. <laughs> let's let's not get greedy. Um, I just want to see this team develop an identity that makes sense, and for that identity to to fit the strengths of the players. Okay, just that that's all I, I want, and that that's kind of nebulous, but. Um, we'll know it when we see it and I, and you know we'll be checking in here every week to talk about it so um yeah i'm sure we'll we'll have more on this this is not the last we'll be talking about <laughs> david fisdale i'm sure
1: yeah and that's uh you guys are getting greedy with having a game plan i mean tom you you want you want the pieces to fit like i'm okay if we have like hey, let's start the old guys today and we'll have the young guys come off the bench. I, that would be enough of an identity for me at this point. Just give me anything that I can look at. And like when you said, Tom, my, my head sank. I know this isn't great podcasting, but when you said that Barrett, Frank, Knox, Mitch, and I, did you have one more or was it just no, it was, it was four? just four. Just that four. That those four have only shared the courts for 15 minutes this year? I mean, that's, honestly, uh,
0: honestly, that number feels kind of high. Just I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it
1: was a, it was fourteen thirty-one rounded up, but uh, no, and and that that really is a great point because I mean, if you start circling into entertainment or even as a sports fan, that it is getting tough to watch. That hey, even if it was these young guys getting pummeled, like we could still look at it and be like. Oh yeah, they're getting pummeled, but Mitch Rob did this really good tonight. Or Kevin Knox, he's putting in better effort on defense, and it's really it's really been hard to find. Um, and it's uh, it's kind of been tough for us because we've we've been putting in some work here, and uh, the Knicks haven't been giving it back to us. Um, and I think uh, it, if you've been listening to this, leave leave a review. Leave something about Becky Hammond. Leave. Um, you know, leave whoever you want as the next Knicks head coach. Leave an identity. Um, and I, I think I'm just giving away shirts now. Like, I'm, that's my new business with the Knicks. Like, if, if, if you're willing in, to put in the time with us, that's our identity. That's our identity. Um, and we thank you for listening. And um, if, if you haven't, uh, the episode before this, uh, Tom Piccolo, who you've been hearing from, and our Kenny Poon did some trade scenarios on the last episode. Go check that out, and hopefully some fun. hopefully some of those will come to fruition soon. And we'll be doing um, our regular Sunday night podcast. So uh, for the fellas, Tommy P, Big Baby David, myself, Jake Storielli, uh, thank you guys for listening. Seriously, um, we uh, we watch the Knicks, and we know what you're feeling. This is we might change the name to Knicks Support Group. Um, so thank you, and and we'll see you guys next time. Let's go next.